Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us on a very special edition of the Above180.com podcast today is Alita Sill. Alita Sill owns Alita Sill's Bowling World, which is a thousand square foot fully stocked bowling pro shop inside Country Lanes in Farmington Hills, Michigan. She's been doing that for over seven years now. Alita Sill and Michelle Mullen also run the website yourbowlingcoach.com, a very good site, so please check that out as well. Uh, Alita, thank you for joining us on the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joyce are out here. Hi, how are you doing? Oh, we are doing well. Just getting rolling after the first of the year. Alita, want to begin the interview, I guess, or continue our interview with uh, with you regarding our website is a lot. It seems like our website, the Above180.com podcast, we started, me and Joey noticed that bowlers were having a problem getting to that next step when it came to bowling. And yourbowlingcoach.com really seems to also want to help people get to that next step. How has your reaction been, and what sort of uh, mistakes do you still see people making when they're trying to get to that next step to increase their average and help themselves out? Well, I think I think what I see is that they it's actually what they don't do, and that they think they can fix it on their own. For some reason, I I, I just see, and it is getting better now in the last few years, but uh, I don't think they take coaching seriously in bowling. For some reason, they do in golf. Everybody knows you, you, you need to get golf lessons, you know. But in bowling, it just seems like they feel like they can do it on their own or now they can just go to the pro shop, you know, and buy a hook and, you know, be good. So, um, but, you know, when you really get into bowling and trying to get better, I, you know, I believe that you have to have eyes behind you. You know, it's, you know, you know what, what I see watching a bowler, um, from behind um, is nothing what they what they really feel like they're they're doing or or feeling. So you do incorporate video for them, so you can kind of reinforce uh, what what you're seeing, Alita. Oh, absolutely! Oh gosh, yeah, the video. I don't even know how we coached without <laughs> it before. Um, it's it's an amazing tool, and it's like when they see it, it's like. They get it because they see it rather than than me saying, oh, yeah, you did that. No, you didn't do that. Um, when they actually see it, it kind of clicks in their brain. Oh, I get it. So it makes the change um, faster. Right, and, and it's the old adage, you know, a, a picture is worth a thousand words. So what would a video be worth? Oh, my God, that's amazing. Yes. And, you know, even when I, you know, not until, what, maybe the last ten years, um, did I even see myself on video? You know, they just didn't do that then. So, you know, it was it was hard, you know, it's because it's sometimes you can't feel things that you're trying to do, like the release. I mean, that's such a hard thing to feel, you know, but when you see it in slow motion, it just it just helps. It just helps to see it. So speaking of release, I mean, it all boils down to having a phenomenal fit for your hand to suit your strength, your arm swing speed, your arm length. I mean, there's so many variables that come into play. And and you and I were uh, speaking about it earlier. Uh, 
it's you know it's kind of difficult to a certain extent to get people to change from what they're comfortable with or what they're used to, especially if a bowler comes in. And they say, well, I'm averaging 200, I've had a couple 300s, and, and then we go and tell them that, you know, they could make changes in their drilling to help their hand and help their game become better. They're not always receptive. Have you found that to be the same? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, especially, um, you know, when, when you're trying to help somebody, you know, well, first of all, not grab it, you know, and then you and you change those those finger pitches to a little bit of a way and it's that they feel like they're dropping it you know and they're losing it and you know and I have it in my fingers and I have quite a bit because my fingers are stiffer and I don't lose the ball I don't I just I don't understand that feeling but they just they feel like they're losing it and they because they're not feeling that that burning sensation they think that that's a good thing you know, and speaking of reverse pitch on the fingers, uh, well, I'll explain it for our listeners. Uh, reverse means going away from geometric center of the ball with pitch, and the older method of measuring would be to kind of ice tong your fingers inward toward your thumb. And what Alita's mentioning is the reverse pitch can actually create more pad contact on your finger, less contact on the actual crease of the finger, but it also can relax, relax the, the tendons from being pulled or strained in your span. Does that kind of sum it up for you? Absolutely, and that's what I know. Like, like I was saying earlier, I blew out my tendons at a very early age because of that feeling of it being pinned in the ball and the lifting and, you know, trying to, you know, get something on it and, I mean, my hand, you know, when I did it for, you know, as much as I was doing it, it just it just couldn't tolerate it. And I think sometimes people, um, because they don't bowl as much as I do, they don't they don't hurt their tendons like I did. But um, you know, when you when you see, you know, those burn marks on the pads of your fingers, you know, or the or the you know the bruising on the nails, you know that. Um, Anytime I see anything like that, that's a signal that something isn't quite right in your fit, and we need to address that to make that better. Exactly, and and not just reverse on fingers, but if we talk about thumb pitch for a while, I mean, there's been a, a growing trend and change in philosophies from the 60s and 70s uh, well into the 80s where bowlers are gradually bringing their pitch inward towards center, and in many cases past geometric center of the ball, and they're using forward pitch on their thumb, and it's all in an attempt to lessen grip pressure, relax the hand, and I think in the days of reactive resin, you don't need to hit up on reactive resin. You basically need to get it off your hand cleanly with a soft hand and basically just play angles and let the ball do some of that work. Right. The balls are bombs. You don't need to make them work anymore. That's exactly right. And... Um that's what I, and I tried explaining that, and I have to dispel myths every day on that. Um, but, you know, once they come in and you get a chance to talk to them, you know, I think, I think people are getting more receptive to it. But, um, you know, it's, 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 it can be tough sometimes with certain, you know, the older group, um, they just, you know, they, they don't like change. So right. um, I, I, I would agree with that. And a lot of our customers are in their 40s and 50s and 60s. And, and, and you're right. I think if you and I and, and other ball drillers relate to them and speak to them one-to-one, look them in the eye and explain to them, this is why I'm suggesting this change, not just for the sake of change. Right. You know, and then the, and then the other thing is, is that, they, you know, they, these people, 
you know, I just had this conversation yesterday. You know, it, it, the guy's got, you know, he's, you know, breaking his thumb open, you know, because he's squeezing it, and he's going, yeah, but, but that's, you know, that's I like to just grab it, and you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to hook it more, and I'm, and I said. You know, you're going to get more hook if you lessen that grip pressure. They, they're, and that's what the old school was: is giving you that reverse, you know, and longer spans, you know, so that you could get out of it. But it's really making you hang on to it longer because you, your brain really knows that if you were to relax in something like that, that you're you're going to drop it. So that's what it does: it holds on to it, and you actually get less rub off your hand because it's like a clamp; you can't get it off your hand. Again, right. and, and I found that to be true, you know, for myself, because I grew up bowling in the early, early 60s. And, you know, th- whoever was drilling my balls back then uh, always used the reverse with the fingertip. And and I found now as I use near zero or some forward, uh, you know, in theory, it's a more secure pitch. But in reality, it's a cleaner pitch because your grip pressure can be reduced pretty much towards zero. And, and you can get out of the ball cleaner with your thumb, allowing your fingers to do more at the point of release. Correct. Correct. Again, and, you're and listening again, we, we need to, to educate our customers that, Tim. And, and that might be something that you might want to try since you use the switch grip system from Turbo, is I can drill you some different inners with varying pitches to see if you, you can gradually reduce your grip pressure on the hand. I was going to say, I uh, really... And working on that, like you said, Joy, that not gripping it because that is probably one of the biggest things that I think holds my game back. Um, so, and it holds a lot of people back too. Uh, again, you're listening to the Above180.com podcast uh, with Tim Berg, Joy Sarar, and Alita Sill is joining us. She's uh, with uh, yourbowlingcoach.com if you want to check out her and find out more information. And by all means, sign up for a lesson with Alita. They go all over the place and, and are great. Uh, Alita, my question to me and Joey go, go on about this a little bit too. How much of people not taking lessons and being coached is the fact that houses you go to these days have pe- let people average over 220, over 230 in some cases? And so people just equate average means they're, they're bowling well and, and releasing the ball and throwing the ball properly. As opposed to a more competitive shot, uh, I went and watched some of the YouTube clips of of, um, of the old PWBA bowling and stuff, and, and even the men's PBA. And back then, and I remember this a little bit in my early 1990s, which is dating myself, but if you made a bad shot, you might leave a 7.9 or an 8.10, where nowadays, with the equipment as strong as it is, and even the oil being laid down a little different, you don't see as many 8.10s or 7.9s anymore. What needs to be done to get bowling back to where it once was and, and get people actually back, I guess, to where they're a, you know, they're a legitimate 200 average or 195 average bowler? That is going to be tough because, I, you know, I feel like the cat's out of the bag now. I mean, you're, you know, people have gotten such a taste of, you know, you know because of these balls and, you know, and the lane conditions, um, that they really think they're that good when they average 230 and 240 and they don't but they don't want to they don't want to feel inferior or what's a good word they don't want to feel um you know if they can't average 230 now they they don't, they don't want to bowl they don't they don't want to challenge themselves they 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 like to strike and if they can't strike in the house they're going to go find one that they can 
So, uh, you know, I, I, I love the fact that there's, you know, the sport, you know, sport bowling and those, the PBA conditions, and, it, and it's starting to catch on. But, you know, a lot of my customers, you know, they had a taste of it, and they, they don't want it. They, they don't like it, you know, because, you know, the flaws come out in your game. And they, you know, frankly, they don't want to work at it. They just want to strike and do it the way they do it, and, and they want to feel like they're great. Right, and the sport conditions, you know, I've been bowling in nothing but sport leagues for the last 10 years. It's it, Customers ask me, why do you bowl it? Why, why don't you want to score anymore? Why don't you want honor scores? And I go, you know, I do want to score, but realistically, and I enjoy bowling on a condition where I receive more honest feedback as opposed to false feedback for my real ability. And and it shows, you, like you say, it shows your flaws. It, it basically lets you know what parts of your game need attention, you know, be it speed control, balance, uh, you know, walking up more consistently to the foul line or, or release consistency. And, and that's how your game gradually can become better. And you know as well as I do, since we're past our 40s, as you get older, it takes more work to, to retain your skills. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But again, you know, you're right, but the, the, the majority of the bowlers, they don't, they don't view it that way. You know, they just want to go and strike. And it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter how or, you know, I hear all the time in a lesson, you know, if I have a, you know, a good bowler um, having a lesson, somebody will walk by and they'll watch It's like, well, what are you taking a lesson for? It's like I'm thinking to myself, can nobody have another level to get to? I mean, you know, I, I've always strived to get better. You know, I don't care if I was on the top of my game. You know, I still, I've always felt like there was somewhere else I could go. And, I mean, if you feel satisfied, well, then you're cheating yourself. Right. And I always tell my customers, you know, all professional athletes, at least the vast majority, especially in team sports, they have coaches for a reason. As good as they are to maintain that level or become better, it takes another set of trained eyes to help you out. Oh, yeah, look at all athletes. I mean, every sport, you know, the Olympic athletes, I mean, they train for four years with, with their their trainers to to get to that level and to play at that, you know, at that high level and in that platform. Um, they couldn't do it on their own, but that's what I'm saying. Bowlers, they, they, they we have to educate them more because they don't see it that way. Right, and it's, it's a long, a, gradual yeah. process. But I think you know you, you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier. Is bowlers are finally becoming aware that there are lane conditions that that play a big part in what your average will be. Uh, you know, and I tell some customers that come in, you know, that average high on on a walled up shot, it's kind of like a golfer that plays miniature golf. I mean, or let's say an easier golf course. Uh, with, with a different slope rating compared to a challenging course, I mean, you have to really be able to accurately assess your skills by what you play on. And you know from being on the tour, I mean, a bowler can look mighty good one week and mighty bad the next week, be all because of what the lane man puts down on the lane. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did I bring back some memories there, Alita? Yeah. You could, yeah, there, yeah. It's it's amazing that you know, like one week you could win, and the next week I wouldn't make a cut. You know, it's like how do you go from winning to not making a cut? But well, I mean, exactly. Yeah. And and when you won, I mean, your confidence level is as high as it can get. You know, you're right. 500 over one week, and then the next week you wonder what am I doing out here? Exactly, exactly. And That's what 
that's what's so tough and challenging about it. And it's just that, you know, the fact that you can't see, not to take anything away from golf, because I know golf is a very tough sport, but you can look down a fairway and see where you need to not go. In bowling, you can only do it by feeling where you're throwing the ball. So um, that makes it much more challenging, you know, when you can't see something. You're just going by the reaction of your ball, you know, and you better be throwing it good or in the right part of the lane or have the right ball in your hand because if you don't, I mean, it's ugly. Well, plus in golf, you know, your your trap is always going to be there. You know, the wind will be, you know, you can gauge the wind, but in bowling, uh, judging breakdown, how quickly it's going to occur is partly who's on the pair with you, uh, where you're playing. I mean, it, there's so many other elements you need to kind of take into consideration as opposed to golf, which is a little more static. Absolutely. And and, uh, and that's, again, you know, when I, you know, when I watch these bowlers, you know, when they're playing on these tougher patterns, you know, they, they, they try to adjust, again, because there's not enough... Um, information yet on you know on playing these angles but they try to adjust like a house shot and you just you can't do that you know but they don't know any better so you know that's you know again every day you know we're trying to teach you know when people come in you know and they're wanting to play lanes you know you you know playing you know on tougher patterns or flatter patterns you know you you need to be playing more break point and um not just you know what you're doing in the front of the lane which is even hard for me you know to do i always have a hard time with that you know second uh target down lane but you know it's a necessity you know when you're playing on those those flatter patterns but um we have to educate people on that to help them with that and that's part of the fun of the game and the challenge is that it's, you know, thank God it's not too easy because I think if it was too easy all the time, especially in this day and age, I mean, bowlers get, I don't, they kind of get bored with it. And, and that's why they quit. You know, it's good to be challenged, especially the, the younger high school and collegiate players. Right. And, and at least now they are putting those, you know, in their regionals and their state uh, finals, um, they're starting to put those patterns down, which is, is, I like that a lot. It's it's going to help them in the long run. Again, you're listening to the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar here along with Alita Sill. Uh, one last thing, Joey and Alita, I want to get your, your opinions on this because you guys are both pro shop operators. What I think we need to start on the Above180.com website uh, with all the tournaments starting up, especially with the USBC, and Alita, you're more than welcome. We can do this as a, as a work-together sort of thing. I would like to compile a list from all the, the quote-unquote house bowlers who average over 220, 230, and then go out to Reno or go out to their national tournament and come back and don't break 1,600, I'd like to compile a list of their excuses as to why they didn't bowl good when really the actual answer is what we've been talking about is they don't go for a coaching lesson. They don't practice on their game. They don't increase and and change their angles, and they don't know how to move. Uh, And the excuses that I'm guessing you both probably hear at the pro shop is we had a bad, you know, the lanes are broke down improperly in front of us. We had some people throwing plastic balls. I didn't bring the right equipment with me. It's from uh, I was out too late last night. Everything and anything is what you guys probably hear when, uh, when people get back from those big tournaments. Well, and the reality of it is, Tim, because I've had some bad ABCs as well as some good ABCs. I always call it ABCs. I don't think I'll, I'm ever going to call it the USBC National. No, but, we're older. Yeah, I know. Right. I call it the ABC too. 
But for me, it's either, you know, I didn't execute well, I didn't handle the pressure of the tournament, or I didn't read the lanes as intelligently as I could or should have. You know, it's never anything else, Tim. I agree it's, it's completely. All us. I, I know. I I just uh, recently got my DVD back from Team, and I, I I was cringing when I watched all the easy spares that I missed. But that's all me. That's not the lanes being anything with the lanes. It's all me. Whereas I'm sure you guys hear the excuses where it's anyone but the actual person behind the bowling ball. So I think it'd be neat to compile a list of of the more entertaining. You could say. Uh, excuses that you guys get at your shops uh but joey we're gonna have to leave it at that uh get things rolling here uh alita it's been a great pleasure for us to uh interview you and have you on the show we're gonna have to do this again because the time just flew by it does fly i can't believe we're done already (laughs) well i'm glad you had fun i know i i did and uh i mean i always enjoyed watching you bowl back in the days with the women's tour i mean you were exciting player to watch and i mean you had charisma and, and you threw a great ball and I mean, I'm sure you still do. Is In fact, is there a video of you, modern day, how you look throwing a ball compared oh, to years back? I don't have one of all. You know, I'm on digital coach every day with people, but I just don't bowl much. I bowl one night a week now, and I just don't, and I just don't get out and bowl. I mean, I am throwing it a little bit more just to test some balls, but um, I don't have a video of myself. I should take one. I should have Michelle take one of me. Well, you, you should, and it should be on your ProShop website, and I think I should probably put it up there as well. And, uh, I mean, just so, you know, our customers or friends or listeners can kind of see how we look throwing a ball, even though, you know, I was never PBA level, I mean, I still throw the ball pretty good. And, I mean, I'm almost lifetime average of 200 at the ABC for 36 years. But, you know, and we we bowled some years where they were really tough, as you know. So it's still a good feeling. But, uh, I mean, you can still be a decent bowler in your 40s, 50s, and 60s with a little effort, you know, a little bit of, you know, training and, and conditioning and, and knowledge. It, it's a great I game. Think, I think knowledge is, is really the key now. And I do know more than I I did back then. You know, my body's just not, um, you know, it just doesn't feel like it did 10 <laughs> years ago. Well, well, I think we'll end it on that note, Tim. And uh, see, Tim is still young. He's a youngster, so he's got a ways to go yet. But uh, you'll get there, Timmy. Okay, good good luck and good bowling to everyone. And uh, above180.com for our website. If you want to check out uh, Alita Sills' website, it's yourbowlingcoach.com. Take care, and we will talk to you next week.